thankful for the opportunity God's given us to be here today. Um, come in last night, got to spend a little while with the church that I just come from. I went to Post Town Church of God where Kevin Beck preaches, and I've been there the last um, probably three and a half years and got to be with some people I hadn't been in a while, and we got to spend some time. Well, I got so wrapped up last night that I didn't want to leave. And so we didn't get into about 12 or so o'clock, and the time I got in bed, it was probably 1, 1.30, and I might have slept a couple hours, but I feel good in my spirit today. I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for what God's done for me, and I'm going to try to feel like I'm feeding back. I don't know what I'm feeding back from, but I'm here that maybe because this mic's on. Okay. Okay, that'll do, I hope. Uh, but I'm very thankful for what God's done uh, in my life, how God is where God's brought me from. But I, as I said a few minutes ago, it all comes from obedience to God. It's being faithful to God. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, and I've learned a long time ago that that's, in fact, the truth. The thing that I has been on my heart since I've been at East Campbellsville, Church of God, is two things, really. Um, we have a lot of youth, and I have seen, I have seen how people, some people um, have raised their children, and in the day that we live in today, it seems pretty bad. And I'm still feeding back back here. If you can get turn these monitors down just a tad. There you go. I don't want to get too loud for everybody. But uh, I want to make sure that it's still feeding back a little bit. Down to, there you go. Do I need to move this down some maybe? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I, I want to, two things I want to do. Um, I want to make sure that um, the Lord's satisfied in my life. And I want to make sure that our children that are following behind us have a good path to follow. Um, one of the things that I think we failed in over the years that I've seen happen around where I was raised is that our children today don't have very many good examples anymore. In fact, we take more time taking our children to the uh, ballpark than we do to church. And since I've been down to uh, East Campbellsville, I've noticed how some of, the, some of the parents that have been there, how they've raised their children. And I tell them every day how how pleased I am to be able to see some people that are still raising their children in the admonition of the Lord and fear the Lord. And they are teaching their children scriptures. In fact, I have a young man, he's about 10 years old, that goes to my church. He can quote the whole book of Jonah. The whole book, without missing a word. 10 years old. And I'm going to tell you something. There's something about that that makes me understand how important time is with our children. In fact, we take it so for granted anymore with everything that's going on, we fail to understand the example that we are to them. And let me tell you something today about it. I believe that every decision you make every day in your families, in your lives, will make not only a difference in your life, but it'll make a difference in your children's life, it'll make a difference in your grandchildren's life, and your great-grandchildren, if you make the right choice. There's things about this that Lord's put on my heart this morning that I want to share with you. And I think, I think it's crucial for us that are here this morning, those that I feel like are the rock of the church, that we get back down to the basics and understand that we ourselves have to be good soldiers of Christ. And that we have to put on the whole armor of God that God might use us as an example every day of our life, whether we know it or not, that God would use us as an example that our children could know how to follow. I'm so burdened for our kids nowadays. And the reason I'm so burdened for them is because I see them on the street corners every day, even in Campbellsville, Kentucky, that's a Baptist college uh, area. 
that has a school there. I see children on the corners of our streets today that are so strung out that they don't know what way is up, what way is down, or what's right or what's wrong. And it's not their fault. It's those that have brought them into this world and brought them up in this world. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the church has some responsibility in that. And so I'd like to take a few minutes of talking about what it takes to get us to the place where we can help the generation that follows us. Now, it starts with us as individuals. It's that person you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror every day and you say, is that guy doing what he's supposed to do to be able to lead people to Christ? Not just our young people, but I'm talking about the people we work with. I'm talking about the people we go to the market with. I'm talking about those that are around us, our family members. What does it take for me to be the example in front of them that they might see that the way that I'm walking is the best way you can walk in this life to lead people to Christ? So I'm going to read in a couple spots today. If you want to, if you want to turn your Bibles to two spots, really, I want to, I want to start in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses down in the bottom of that chapter, and uh, starting with the 36th verse. And then I'm going to go over into the 5th chapter of Hebrews and read a few verses there. So if you can mark your Bibles with me, if you'd like to stand with me, that's fine. I always like to stand for the reading of God's Word. I think it's important. I'm going to be quoting a lot of scriptures this morning, and I'll probably... Maybe lose. I don't even know where I go most of the time, but I'm just, I'm just trying to let the Lord lead me today. But I love this. You know, the Pharisees were always around, and the world is always around, trying to challenge us on how we believe. And they were, it was no different in Christ's time. And so in this 36th verse of the 22nd chapter of the book of Matthew, there was Pharisees there, and there were people there, and they said to him, Master, in the 36th verse, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus answered unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now turn over with me the book of Hebrews in the fifth chapter. And I'd like to read there just verses 12 through 14, if I can get to it real quick. And I want to try to share with you what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart. Now, I know a lot of times people say, well... It's, it's not about, you know, it's not about me. It's not about what I'm doing. You know, it's, it's going to depend on the pastor. It's going to depend on the youth leaders. But I'm going to tell you something. It depends on us. And this is what it's going to take. In the 12th verse, it says, and I, I think about this all the time when I read it, and I examine myself. And he said, for, when the, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one, one teach you again, which is the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word and, and of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of us of, of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You may be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We ask your blessing upon this message today. We pray that you would give us all boldness, Lord, and that the Spirit of God would speak through us today that we might be able to help the hearers. God, that we might encourage and exhort and love one another to do good works, that we might understand the power behind what our life will mean to others that follow. And Lord, help us to realize there are people in our lives every day that are watching us and looking at us. They may never acknowledge us. They may never speak to us. But there are people that are watching our lives. And they're looking for hope that they have no hope. But they're looking for hope. And they need to find it in people that are on strong meat. 
People that are able to discern the word of God, that are able to understand that you want us to learn the word of God, that we might not only learn it, that we might live it in front of others, that they might see Christ in our life. And the point comes, Lord, when you challenge their heart, they can look back and they can have an example to look to and say, I saw how they lived and I want what they have. And I pray today that we would be so concerned about those around us that we would think more of them than we do ourselves. Paul said in the second chapter of Philippians, he tells us, Lord, he says, he says we have to be like-minded and we have to put our brothers in front of ourselves. And I pray that we would take on the mind of Christ, Lord, the way that he did and that we would seek the heart of Christ that we might want everyone around us to be saved and that we could be a light in front of them, Lord, that they could have no doubt in where we stand and what we believe. And I pray that you would help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, the scripture that comes to my mind, the things that are on my heart today, really the thing that got me th thinking about this, this message today, what does it take to be spiritually strong? And what does it take to help the generation that we live in today? Well, I think it starts as it does. I, after I began the message, I think it starts as to who the person we look at in the mirror every morning. And I think about how many times that I let my own children down. Now, I, my children are saved, and they are, they are, my, my grandchildren are saved, and I thank God for that. But it didn't, start, it didn't start when I got saved. It started in my life from the time that I was saved until the time that I am now. It started in the decisions that I make each and every day on what I do for Christ and how that I treat Christ because my children and grandchildren are looking to me to be the example. When I think about that, I think about the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And I think about the armor of God that God has placed on me over the years. I've been saved now probably about 41 years. I've been in church my whole life. My parents brought me to house of God every service. But my dad made a decision long time ago. And he said this to himself probably. My dad was a first generation Christian. And by that I mean his family didn't serve God. His dad was an alcoholic. Everybody in his family was moonshiners. They didn't know anything about that. But my dad saw that and saw that it wasn't right. And one day my dad made a decision that changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my children's lives. It changed my grandchildren's lives. Is my dad a perfect Christian? No. My dad didn't know, even know how to pray. He, he didn't even, we didn't even have grace around the meals because my dad didn't know. Now, my mother did. My mother was, a, was one of ten children. They all went to church. Her grandmother used to take her down in Kentucky and walk four miles in the dark to get to the house of God. And we can't even get in our car and bring our children to church anymore on Sunday morning. They said my grandmother, was. her name was... I don't know what her first name was, and her last name was A.G. I never got to meet her. But my grandma, my grandma Brown one time told me that one time she was milking the cow, and she, that cow kicked her, and she said, you old devil, you, and her mom heard it, and she beat her a half inch of her life for saying the word devil. I'm telling you, church, we got to get the armor on. The Bible says in the 6th chapter of the book of Ephesians, in the 10th verse, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day. For we wrestle not against principalities and power. We wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. 
Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded with truth and taking the breastplate of righteousness and help your feet to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of truth. And put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Above all, take the shield of faith, which is able to quench the fiery darts of Satan that are thrown at us every day. And I love these last two verses that I think about many times because this is the prayer that I pray for me. In the 18th verse, it says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. My children need to see me praying in the spirit. They need to see that I'm in the Spirit and love the Spirit of God and that I want to be in the house of God. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And I love this verse. And for me, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I might speak boldly and proclaim to them the mystery of the gospel of Christ that they might see Christ in my walk. And if I'll prepare myself, then those that have seen that I have put on the armor of God, they'll know what's important in my life. You see what's wrong with this? People don't like to hear this. People got mad at me and left the church over this. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to preach it anyway. Every time I, I take drives like this and I'm on the way up, I see ball fields everywhere. I see soccer fields. Now, I don't know nothing about soccer. I played hardball. I played basketball. I was an athlete. But I'm going to tell you something. We didn't play on Sundays when I was growing up. Right. Nowadays, and you, you can talk to parents all over, and they said, well, you know, little, we got we to help little Johnny because, you know, I don't want to get him in the world, and I want to make sure he stays out of the world. So if I get him involved in sports, it'll be okay. Let me tell you something about that. If we take our children and we make that the most important thing in their life, don't you think that when they grow up, they're not going to realize that? And don't you think for a minute they're not going to do that when they get older? In fact, they'll be less likely to do what you do than they've ever done before. Sports can be one of the most detrimental things that you can do with kids nowadays. Because everybody thinks their kids are going to be a pro. I don't know why that is. I see these little kids sometimes, man, they got little kids out on the billball field. They're five or six years old, and they're throwing rocks up in the air and looking at planes, and they think they're going to be Johnny Bench. Let me tell you something. The greatest thing you can do today in your life is to put on the full armor of God that you might be able to stand because the devil is not going. Listen, the devil is out to kill our young people. He is trying to get them through them to get to us. Preacher told me one time, I believe this with all my heart, when a big tree falls, it takes a lot of little trees with it. God, help me to put on my life in such a manner that when Satan comes with me, those fire darts, that I can take that shield of faith and say, Satan, get behind me. You have no power over me. When people see that in your life, I'm telling you, it makes a difference in their lives. The Bible says in that last, that 20th verse that I wanted to talk about, for which and I am an ambassador in bonds. Listen, I am not my own anymore, people. I am bought with a price. And that price was the pearl of great price that God sent down from heaven to be a sacrifice for my sins. And because of that, I am in bonds to him. I am no more my own. Three things I'm going to talk about today. That you can do by being strong in the Lord. Three things that makes a difference. 
I'm not really a point kind of preacher. I just, I just get up here and let it fly. Whatever the God puts on my heart, I, I try to do. But I'll try to write down some points because I don't want to miss what God's given me. This is, it's, and our brother mentioned this. I don't know who mentioned it this morning, but he mentioned Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who they're called according to his purpose. But he goes on to say after that, after that passage, and I love these next few verses. He said, who he, who he did, predestinate, he, who he did predestinate, predestinate, he called. And who he called, he justified. And who he justified, he glorified. And then he went on to say, what do we say to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. God be for me, who can be against me? I have to learn to trust in God. Proverbs chapter 3 says this. It says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace will they add unto thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around your neck. Hide them in the depths of your heart that you might not sin against the Father. It will bring good understanding inside of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And I'm going to tell you something. When you get busy with God and you start putting on the armor of God, you learn to trust God. And you learn to trust God that no matter what happens to you and no matter what comes your way, God's for you. Amen. I've been through some struggles in my life. Everybody that's been a Christian for a very long time, we've been through some struggles. But I'm going to tell you what kept me centered. I'm going to tell you what kept me on. I started putting the armor of God when I got saved. And I didn't even know I was putting it on every day. But the more I heard, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And when you hear the word of God, it changes you. Whether you know it or not. And you start putting on that, that armor of God a little piece at a time. You know the only place Satan can hit you is when you tuck tail and run. You don't have any protection in your back. You got protection everywhere else. But when you tuck tail and run, he can hit you. That's why you need to be in the house of God every time the doors are open. And I don't care. You need to support your pastor. You need to support the works. You need to support everything because your children are depending on that. They need to see that you love God more than you love the world. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to own understand. All your ways acknowledge him. And he'll direct your, direct your paths. The Bible says in that seventh word, be not wise in thy own eyes. You know, that's what's wrong with people nowadays. Everybody's got the answer. They think they got the answer. Let me tell you who's got the answer. Right here it is. This is the answer. Be not wise in thine own eyes. When you're wise in your own eyes, anything can be right. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Depart from evil. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It'll be health to your navel and morrow to your bones. Listen to me, when I get up in the morning and I can feel God's presence, there's no better place for me to be and there's no better example than I'll be than just live the word of God. It's not what I say, it's what I do. The Bible says, be ye not hearers of the word, be ye doers of the word. And if we're doers of the word, then we're putting on the armor of God and the people around us will see that God is the most important thing in our life. And we trust him. We trust him. I, I know a lot of times people wonder, listen, I've had cancer, I've had back surgery, I've had knee replacement. Listen, I don't know if you know this, I'm 66 years old. And I'm going to tell you something, I look around it and I think, how in the world has God got me through all? Vicki has ta had to take care of my wife, she had to take care of me like a nurse. And it's not always been easy. 
But I'm going to tell you something. God's been with me all the way. God has showed me that he can do things that I never thought possible. And you know something? If I learned to trust him and I took on the armor of God and I believe what he says, then I'm going to tell you it's a lot easier to serve God and it's a lot easier for our young people to see that we trust it too. There's nothing like knowing the will of God for your life. And there's nothing like being in the center of his will. Has anybody ever been outside the will of God besides me? I'll admit it. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. There's Four years ago, you wouldn't even thought I was the same person. I, I pastored a church for 17 years. And these people, they, I, thought they were, I thought they were the best people in the world. And they hurt me to the bone. And I could have given up and quit. In fact, I knew that if I didn't come to the house of God that I would quit. But I'm going to tell you something. I had served God for long enough to know that to be in God's presence is to be in His will. And I stayed where God wanted me to be. I just kept coming to church even though I was tore all to pieces. And I'm going to tell you something. Even in those times, I saw how God used my life and how God molded my life. And I learned to trust Him even more in the valley than I ever did on the mountain. So trusting God and believing in God is, is very important. But I'll tell you what, knowing that God is, is per, you're in the perfect will of God. I call it this. Now this, may, this is not scriptural and I'm going to step aside from the pulpit. But I believe there's two kinds of will with Christians. And I believe there's more people in this will than there is in the will I'm talking about. There's a permissive will of God. That's where God allows you to mess up. Let you waller in your strife or wallow in your troubles. There's a perfect will of God. And when you're in the perfect will of God, you know it. When I made a decision to go down to this church, listen, I left my grandkids. I was raised in Ohio. I'm a Buckeye. I'm a useless nut. That's what I call them. That's what the definition of a Buckeye is, by the way. Um, I was a Buckeye. My mom and dad and my sister were all bra hoppers. They were born in eastern Kentucky. I was born in Ohio, and I lived here all my life, and I retired here in, in, in Ohio. I worked at Worthington Steel for 39 years. I pastored the church for 17 of those years. And uh, I, I did a lot. Of, I was busy all the time. And I was at the point in my life where I was done. And Don Curtis called me and said, Jack, I got a church for you. And I said, I'm not moving. I just said it just like didn't I, didn't I Don? I said, I'm not moving. God whipped me that night. He said, you do anything. He said, you said you'd do anything I told you to do. To be in the perfect will of God and trust God is the best place to be. See, God knows what's best for me. I don't know that. But I learned to trust God. God sent me down to this church, and I tell you, I am the, I'm happy as a peacock with those feathers out. You know why? Because it's where God wants me to be. I thank Him for that. I'm going on. I'm trying not to be too, 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 uh, I'm trying not to go too much here, but I'm gonna, I got a couple more points I want to make. You have to be at complete peace with whatever God sends your way. You know, there's a, mess, there's a, there's a scripture I, I quote a lot of times at, at the grave sites. Out of John chapter 14, verse 27. This peace I leave unto you, this peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. To be in the perfect will of God, to trust God, gives you a peace that the world can't understand. Amen. Our children need to see that we're at peace. They need to see that we trust. Even in the bad times. In fact, 
They'll learn more in your bad times than they will in your good times. Philippians 4, 6, everybody knows that. Be careful for nothing. By all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and praise, it are these things that will bring them to you. If there are any virtue, any praise, they'll be in those things. And I love what Paul says next there. He says, those things that you have learned and seen and, and learned and received and seen in me do, and the peace of God will be with you. Our kids need to learn and see and watch us so they can know what the peace of God really is. Amen. When the doctor comes and tells you you got cancer, when the doctor comes and tells you your kids are sick unto death, they need to see a peace in you that passes all understanding because they'll learn more from that than they will out of any scripture. Got to have peace. And the last thing I want to talk about this, this morning is we got to lose ourselves in Christ. Paul, we always talk about Paul, what he says, that we have to die daily. In the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians, he tells us we got to put on the new man, put off the old man every day and put on the new man. And I'm going to tell you something, I'm still doing that. John the Baptist said that I have to lose myself in order to gain him. I must decrease that he might increase, and we know that. But there's a scripture that I go to when I think about this, losing myself in Christ. This is what he tells us in the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, starting with the 34th verse. He says, think not that I've come to earth to bring peace. I come not to bring peace, but a sword. I come to set a man variance against his father, a mother against his daughter, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of their own household. Can anybody say amen besides me? Who's the hardest people for you to win? My family. You know why? Because they see you in your bad times. They see you. But I'm going to tell you what else they can see. They can see you when those bad times come and whom you trust. And who brings peace to you. He goes on to say in that scripture, He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that will not pick up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. A man that loses his life, a man that finds his life will lose it. And a man that loses his life for my sake will find it. Listen to me, you've got to be lost in Christ, completely lost in Christ. If you want your children to be saved, if you want your grandchildren to be saved, if you want these young people to be saved, you've got to show them. You can't tell them. You've got to show them. You've got to know in whom you believe. You've got to show them by the grace of God that you're fully prepared, that no matter what battle comes your way, that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And they have to know it, they have to see it, and they have to see it lived in real life. You want to have a family when you get older. Listen, people don't really understand this. I've seen young people, I've seen parents come to me over the years, and they'll say, Jack, why can't I, why can't I do anything with my children? I'm going to tell you, you missed that opportunity a long time ago. Do you know your children will learn more from the age of two and eight than they'll learn in the rest of their entire lives? And how many of us drag them to church? I don't know about you, but I was drugged to church. I didn't like to come to church. I wanted to be out on the ball field with my friends. I wanted to play hardball. I wanted to play basketball because it was in my blood. 
My mom and dad sat me down one time, and they said, Jack, I'm going to teach you how to play the piano. And I said, <laughs> I don't want to play the piano. But they made me. I can't play anymore, by the way, because I hated it. But I did learn music, and it did teach me discipline. And my mom and dad took the time to bring me to the house of God. And let me tell you something. My entire life, and I told a brother, I don't know who I was talking to outside about this, somebody I met here today, but I want to share this with you today. I am a firm believer uh, of this, and you can throw me out after this if you want to, but when I was a, when I was a kid, I went to every revival in my community. I don't care what was over the name of the church. We supported them. And we don't do that anymore. We get in our little groups and we think, we, got, we know the right way. Our, our way is the best way. Ever since I've been down to East Campbellsville, I said, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I don't care what people call them. If they're a child of God, they're my brother or sister. They might not believe like me. They might have different opinions than me. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a something in my heart called a discernment that I can tell if a brother or sister loves God or not. And I've got to learn to fellowship with those people, and I need to support them. And my kids need to see that that's okay. I don't have to believe everything everybody else believes. I don't believe a lot of things that people believe. And a lot of times when I go to the church, that's the first thing they want to tell me. And I'm not going to get into all the the problems the church has, but we have plenty of them. But I'm going to tell you something that we need to have, and that is unity. Amen. The Bible says it's like the oil that ran down the beard of Aaron all the way down to his skirts. It's more precious than anything that we can have as a brother and sister in Christ. Because our kids can tell when we love one another and when we don't. Right. You know, my message today is maybe... Maybe off kilter, maybe a little bit, but I feel like it's what God wants me to share with you today. We got to get stronger salespeople. And it starts in the house of God, coming, listening to the word of God, supporting our brothers and sisters in Christ, showing our children that's the most important thing that we'll ever teach them. Listen, ball games are going to come and go. Trophies, I've, I have trophies. I used to have trophies. I'm telling you, I was a good pitcher. I mean, I, I was actually pretty good at what I did. And I have a big old box of trophies. You know where they are today? In the dump. They mean nothing to me. I got a trophy right here, though. It means everything to me. There's a hope in my heart that the world just can't take away from me. And it's a trophy that I cherish more than anything else. And it's called the love of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in that fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as I travel this cloud. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. You see, our kids need to be a part of that. And I might be old, and I might not be able to do some of the things I used to do, 
And I can guarantee you at the end of next week, this week, I'm going to be one sore old man. I'm going to play with our kids. I'm going to give them some of this message when I give it Saturday morning. And I want them to know that I love them. I want them to know that I stand for something. And I want them to know that I'm strong enough that if they need me, they can come to me and ask me advice and I can give them good advice. I want them to have the peace that I have. I want them to have the trust that I have. And I want them to lose themselves in Christ. I don't care what else they do. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people that are proud with their children because they do certain things. These young ladies that play these instruments, man, that's something to be proud of. Those things are all good. But if you don't know Jesus, you're lost with no hope, no hope. Paul said it best, you know, in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, he said, if I had hope in Christ in this life only, I would be of all men most miserable. But see, I got a hope that goes beyond that. And it comes from learning the Word of God, studying the Word of God, living the Word of God, and doing the Word of God. I challenge you today, people, these young people that you have here this week, show them what's important. If you're doing anything else other than that, if you're, if you're showing them whatever you're, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this for a, for a stop. My dad, I told you he was a first generation Christian. He's 89. He still lives with me. My mom passed away a few years ago. Dad's not perfect by any means. But he was faithful to God. And uh, I, wanna, I just want to leave you with this thought today. Understand that decision that you make, you're making today, the things that are you're doing today will change generations. Change generations. Every decision you make matters. Every decision you make matters. Why not make one for Christ? And why not dedicate your life to Christ? And if you're doing something other than that, and this message has convicted you because maybe you're not doing that, these children, these young people right here, they need to see old people like me love Christ the way that I'm supposed to love Christ. They need to see that I got peace, and they need to see I'm strong enough that they can come to me and say, I want, I want what you have. But you as parents, you as grandparents will make more of a difference in them than I ever will because they don't know me from Jack. <laughs> I'll tell people this sometimes. My name's my name, my real name. I shouldn't even tell you my real name. My dad called my na- my dad called me Jackie, and I you know I lost that years ago because everybody thinks I'm a girl every time I tell them that. Somebody somebody might as well name me Sue. But I tell people this uh, kiddingly. Jack don't know jack squat. I'm not a jack of all trades. Jack, my name is used more in vain, I think, than anything else. But I know the one that saved me. And I know the one that I depend on. And I'm going to tell you something today. If you'll make that decision today to be the example that you're supposed to be. If you'll get strong while you have the opportunity. While you're young, make the right decisions with your children. Then you won't have to worry about them being on a corner somewhere, strung out on drugs. You won't have to worry about them being in a place that they shouldn't be and worried all night long, staying up all night, losing sleep because you didn't do something when you were 19 or 20 or 21 or 22. 
I'm going to tell you something. I see a lot of parents nowadays would give anything to go back in time and do things over, but you, you, don't, you don't get to do that. I'm begging you as a church. I'm begging you as a parent. I'm begging you as a grandparent. Be faithful to God and let them see how strong that you are in Him. If you'll put on the whole armor of God, you'll get peace. You'll have trust. And they'll see that you've lost yourself in Him and nothing else. And it'll change people's lives. I appreciate you giving me time today to share the Word of God with you. I, I, don't, I, I feel intimidated around a lot of people that preach up here. Um, I told Donald this and I, Brother Curtis this. And I, I'm sure Brother Bartlett's the same way. They told me how good a preacher he was. I said, I'm intimidated already just by what you've told me. But you know something, I serve in the same God that they do, and I have to trust in the same God that they do, and I have to lean on the same word that they do, and I have to preach the way God gave me to preach. And I have to show people that I love him more than I love me. I have to put him first more than I do anything else. I have to put him first. And if I'll do that, people can see that I believe in who I say that I believe. They can know that I love the God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they can know that I'm bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He gave himself for me that I might have life. And I'm working on it every day. Listen, I'm not home yet. The Bible says in 24, Matthew 24, 13, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm not at the end yet. I'm still enduring and I'm still pushing. But I want to take as many people as I can with me. And these young people, we need to show them that we believe what we say we believe, that we do what we say we're going to do because they're watching. Trust me, they're watching. And I love them today. I don't even know these young people, but I love them. I appreciate them. And I hope and pray that they'll heed what I'm telling them today. Because the kids today are not in very good shape. I don't know how you do your service, but we'll stand. If you need to sing a song, that'd be fine. But I'm going to turn it back over to Brother Don. And I hope and pray that you'll think about what we talked about today. And examine yourself. You need to pray. You come on.